Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is actually episode 34. You'll figure this out when you hear episode 35 or 36. I did a pre-recorded podcast last week and forgot that it was pre-recorded and not to be released for a couple weeks. Super excited about this episode 34. Uh, as luck would have it, uh, this is another Easton resident, uh, longtime friend of mine. I've known her for, God, probably 25 or 30 years anyway, since kids. Uh, Marissa Boydy uh, was Marissa Verducci growing up, and she grew up on Cranberry Lane. She was part of the Cranberry Lane gang, a uh, whole bunch of kids that were uh, always hanging out together. And I actually... The original episode 34 was with Mark Lamb, yeah. who is another Cranberry Lane oh, yeah. gang. So the the, uh, the the how this all happened is kind of neat, but I just thought that uh, that was already planned. And then talking to you, uh, this all worked. So so welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm very excited. Thanks for having Your me. Your first podcast. Yes. You're I'm the very first female on the podcast. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that's even more. Exciting. Yes. That they, they, there you go. You know, it's uh, I was I've been asked this a number of times, Chris Martinetti. Uh, who I brought up, he's one of my, my uh, greatest uh, fans and critics. Yeah. He says, why don't you ever have any uh, women on the podcast? I say, well, typically I'm in a hotel room or someplace that, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a awkward, hey, why don't you come up to my <laughs> hotel room and do a podcast? It's kind of a weird weird line there. But uh, we're, we're at Marissa's house, and um, I, I got to talking to Marissa a couple weeks ago, and I was sharing with her about kind of digital dementia and kind of how we glance over things and don't really look and pay attention to a lot. And I saw a post that she had on a fundraiser that she's doing for uh, SMA. And SMA stands for? Spinal muscular atrophy. Okay, spinal, mu- my, say, say that again for me. Spinal muscular atrophy. Okay, and that happens in children. Uh, it can happen in adults too. So there's different types of it, but yeah. Okay. And your daughter is diagnosed with it and is living with it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalia, who I got to spend a little bit of time with, who is an absolute doll. She's downstairs uh, pointing, waving, and blowing kisses. Um, and she's two and a half, and she was diagnosed with the disease. We were talked about this. I'll share that story with you if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, she was diagnosed at five weeks old. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, there's different types of SMA. Um, My daughter is a type 1, which is the most severe type, and that's an infant onset. Um, She, I know this is going to sound strange, but we were kind of lucky as to how she got diagnosed. She got sick and had a couple of cold viruses that, you know, normally most kids would be fine with, but because she had SMA and we didn't know, um, she wasn't strong enough to clear any of the mucus that the cold virus um, was creating out of her lungs. So she's not strong enough to actually cough anything out of her own lungs. So by the time we got her to a pediatrician, you know, she had seemed weird. They sent us off to Brockton Hospital. As soon as we got to Brockton, they felt she needed to go into Boston. By the time Med Flight arrived, she had stopped breathing. 
um, and they had to intubate her, so basically put a tube down her throat so that she could get air, and they hooked her up to a ventilator machine to help her to actually breathe. Um, once we got to Tufts, they realized she had a couple of viruses, and they decided that um, we had mentioned to them that she had seemed floppy. So, you know, she was, she was weak. You know, she wasn't like a normal kid. She actually had, you know, if I look back now, she didn't have, like, reflexes either. So, you're like, you know, the, when kids, like, babies, like, they kind of, like, jump and, like, kick their feet up. I yeah. forget what they call it. But, like, she never had, like, a startle mm-hmm. reflex or whatever. She never had that. Um, so, at the time we were at Tufts, they decided to examine, uh, examine her. And right away the neurologist told us that based on his initial exam, he felt that she had a genetic disease called um, spinal muscular atrophy otherwise known as SMA, and he felt based on her test that she had the most severe type. Um, I didn't understand because, you know, he said it was genetic, and Mm -hmm. I had never heard of this disease before in my life. Um, And the way that he had explained it to us was that the disease was... um, you know, it was a missing gene, and basically the gene that she was missing is called SMN, it's survival motor neuron. Basically, we need our motor neurons to talk to our muscles to make them move. And with this disease, their motor neurons slowly die off, therefore their muscles can't move anymore and they atrophy. Um, And then eventually these kids die. So um, they had told us that the condition they had seen my daughter in at the time um, they didn't suspect that she would live past five months old. Um, SMA is a rare disease, so there's not a lot of doctors that specialize in it, but, you know, there's two huge hospitals in Boston, um, Children's and Mass General, and Tufts was great enough to reach out to both to see who could help her. They had heard that there was a brand new treatment released by the FDA like three months before, mm-hmm. um, and an amazing doctor from Mass General who I owe everything to, her name's Dr. Swoboda, she came to Tufts, she examined examined Natalia, um, said we needed to get her this drug right away, and that was the best chance she would have. You know, she she didn't promise us anything. You know, she had seen very terrible things happen to kids with this disease. Mm-hmm. Um, but she thought, you know, it was worth trying. So... Um, they actually worked with Biogen, who's the maker of the drug Spinraza that my daughter's on, um, to get her the first treatment right away. So um, the treatment's actually a lumbar, so they take fluid out of the spine and they put the drug in. And it's actually a drug that um, you have backup genes for this survival motor neuron. They're called SMN2, so they're the backup copies for the gene that's missing. The number of backups that you have kind of determines the severity of the disease. Mm -hmm. Um, And this drug was meant to kind of replenish that um, protein, the survival motor neuron protein, into those backup genes. So the drug is meant to be um, given to the kids every four months for life. Wow. So at the time, you know, the doctor also explained that. She made us watch the procedure. She said, you need to understand that... this is the commitment you're making every four months. She'll get a lumbar, you know, she'll have fluid taken out, medicine put in, and that will be for life. Um, 
and we said, just do it at this, you know, there were, there's obviously risks with medication and they went through all of them with us. Um, but you know, we, we wanted to give her every chance that we could. Um, so they dosed her and she was transferred to mass general. She spent probably another two and a half to maybe three months in the ICU there. Um, she still had a breathing tube in for, I'm going to say almost three months. Um, her left lung had been collapsed, and it was it was pretty much closed shut, which I guess is somewhat normal with SMA type 1 kids. Um, this is all before she's even six months? Yeah, yeah. She, um, so the poor kid, I mean, she was in like, she was on fentanyl. I mean, she was drugged up. She, you know, tubes everywhere. They had to surgically put in a feeding tube into her stomach mm-hmm. and a feeding tube into her intestines. So... She wasn't able to feed into her stomach. Um, she was feeding directly into her intestine and what they call a continuous feed. So she was on special formula because the other thing with SMA kids is they don't digest like normal food the way that we do. They have them on special diets. They call them AA diets. But basically, like she's on a formula that's already broken down so that her body doesn't have to spend energy trying to break it down. Um, it's like an elemental Um, so she was fed through that, um, continuous. So on a pump that just kind of kept giving her, you know, food and then her stomach was vented, um, because she's was also on machines that actually push air into her lungs, but then the air also gets into her stomach, which is pretty uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, so, so they, at Mass General, they were able to successfully finally get the tube out of her throat because it, it did come to a point where they said, we're either going to have to put in a, a trach, so, um, you know, and hook her up to a vent for, for life, or, you know, she can have this BiPAP ventilator, which is a mask that goes over her nose, and it basically forces air, you mm-hmm. know, pressure into the lungs to keep them open. Um, and it also, you know, gives her a certain amount of breaths. Yeah. to make sure that she's always breathing enough. Um, and they did some amazing stuff to actually get that lung finally open. It took a long time. She had a lot of infections, you know, pneumonias and this and that. And then they finally got the lung open, took the tube out, and she she was breathing on her own. Yeah. And me and my husband were sure. Like, I'm like, she was breathing on her own prior to being in the hospital. I, I have to believe in my heart, like, she's going to do it again. Yeah. You know, and we fought and we fought and, you know, her neurologist and her pulmonologist were with us the whole way. They're like, I think she's a fighter. I think she's got her in it, you know. So um, she finally, after, I don't know, four months or something of being in hospitals, ICUs and everywhere, they were ready to send her home. Um, but she came home with uh, medical medical equipment that she still uses today. Um, like I mentioned, she has a BiPAP. Uh, ventilator that she has to sleep with um that's to basically keep her lungs open and making sure that you know she's getting enough breaths overnight when she's sick she'll use that 24 7 um she has an oxygen concentrator in case her oxygen's low we would bleed that into her bipap um she has a machine that simulates a cough so as i had mentioned her muscles are weak in her respiratory so she you know you might just clear your throat like, you know, and you don't realize it's actually kind of clearing out mucus Mm -hmm. out of your lungs and she's not strong enough to do that. So every day she uses this machine 
to actually simulate a forceful cough. So it, it blows pressure into our lungs and then sucks out, you what's know, in there. what's yeah. in there. And then there's another machine that we use that's called a suction that then, you know, the stuff that gets brought up to the throat, mm-hmm. you know, we take it out. Um, she also has a pulse, pulse oximeter, which you saw. So that measures, you know, she wears that, measures her oxygen and her heart rate every day. Um, that was what was on her toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you're saying all this stuff, and she's downstairs sitting, yeah. and if I walked in and had no idea about your story, right. and walked downstairs, and she looked over and did her wave and smiled, I, I wouldn't think... You wouldn't have any idea. I wouldn't think there was any of this nope. other stuff going on. No. That lumbar that she has to get every four... Was it four, four months? months? yeah. That sounds like an invasive, invasive painful... It is. And the worst part is if she's sick, they can't sedate her. So she's had 10 doses and I believe only one of them she's been sedated for. Oh my God. But she, she's like a, she's a warrior of a certain type. I mean, she's been through a lot in her short life, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we all build up tolerances, I think. But, you know, this last time we took her... Because the other thing is they don't know how long you can wait on the medicine before they start losing abilities. Right. You know, so they don't like to push it out too long. So this last time we were like, we just got to do it. She'd been sick. And I think it was five tries for the lumbar before they actually got it in the right spot. And she was hysterical. But the minute they got the needle in, so I had a nurse with me, the needle's hanging out of her back, right? And the spinal fluid's dripping out. And I had her iPad on and she's dancing to like Jojo Siwa, like shaking her butt. And I'm like, um, should she be doing that? Like there's a giant needle hanging out of her back. And the doctor's like, no, it's fine. We're already in. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, but she's. That's amazing. It's yeah. I mean, kids are resilient. They truly are. I, I give her a lot of credit. Like you'd have no idea the things that she, she actually goes through. I mean, I, the machines I was talking about, like before we left the hospital, we had to be trained on everything and they made us do like a kind of sitting in the ICU where like, they're like, nobody's going to help you. You need to keep this kid alive, you know? But, you know, me and my husband were like, I kind of need to know like what it is I'm doing to my kid, you know, because she would, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like having machines put on her face. So they're like, you know, looking at us and we're like, we want to try the machines. (laughs) So they went and they got like adult masks so that we could try it, you know, and, so is it like a CPAP for people with sleep apnea? Is it just so, like a mask that they put? Yeah, so the BiPAP <clears throat> is kind of like a CPAP. It's just a different type of like pressure, I guess you could say. But it, mm-hmm. hers is only nasal because she also, I was telling you before, um, she still has aspiration with thin liquid. She can aspirate on her own saliva, which she has done before. She got oh, pneumonia wow. from it. So she has to sleep on her sides and nothing can be covering her mouth so that, you know, mm-hmm. her drool or whatever... <clears throat> It's yeah. kind of coming out of her mouth while she's sleeping. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you think of the machine, it's, it yeah. kind of looks, you know, the same. But they, you know, they do the nasal. But the cough machine is a full yeah. face. And that's what kind of me and my husband were doing to each other. <clears throat> like, you, you got to yeah. <laughs> see what you're doing, you know. But yeah. you, I mean, you shared with me. I mean, she still isn't, she doesn't drink liquids. She has to. Right, yeah. right. So she has a tube still in her stomach. We had the one taken from her intestine was taken out. Which was a huge feat for us. That was amazing and awesome. Um, but she still has the one in her stomach. So she's allowed to eat baby purees. 
and some dissolvable like um you know kid snacks like the puffs and yeah. like veggie sticks or whatever she has to be monitored the whole time you know if she's coughing like we'll stop and suction her you know because she still is a risk for aspiration but she had multiple swallow studies the last one she had um instantly aspirated on thin liquid and the scary part about her is she also does a little bit of silent aspiration so you wouldn't even know until mm-hmm. she got pneumonia you know, and that for a kid like her is very serious. Mm-hmm. So, um, so right now, you know, she obviously needs water. We all need water to live. Right. So all of that goes in through the tube in her stomach. Um, wow. And then she's also fed continuously formula overnight in her stomach through a machine because kids with SMA also have, and there's a lot of research still being done around it. There's a lot of strange things things that these kids are affected with that they don't 100% understand but they know that multiple kids are having these things and one of them is extreme low blood sugar Mm -hmm. so if they go too long without anything they'll get extreme low blood sugar they're not really sure how it's tied to the disease you know so there's a lot of research but it happens to like a lot of patients you know um so speaking of that with with uh you know I've talked to probably five or six folks we, we talked started talking about this about a week and a half ago and i've talked to five or six people telling them that i was you know i look forward to doing every podcast right. which is kind of hard because some of the podcasts are are difficult this right. is a difficult this has got to be a very difficult topic this is your child this is two and a half years basically of every minute of every day yeah worrying and you know machines and all this stuff and so I talked to a number of people, and none of them knew what SMA was, and it's because there aren't. It's not a well-known, and not a lot of people get it. How many, you know, how, what what's the numbers like? How many people get diagnosed with this, or what what is it? The, I think you told me the number per yeah, so per so many thousands. Kind of crazy. So it's like one in every fifty people carry mm-hmm. um, the you know the gene that can pass on SMA. Um, and then one in every 11,000 kids are diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of strange because I had never heard about it before. And since Natalia was diagnosed and I've become more, you know, there's there's Facebook support sites. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of sites for SMA families. Um, I, you know, now like, you know, I've met families that live two towns over I've met families that live four towns over I've met Mm. families that live on the south like that it just doesn't seem as rare to me as it did when I first started this journey like I'm I'm sure it's still a rare disease do you know what I mean but I would have never have met these people Mm. like that live even you know one town over from me right if I if Natalia hadn't been diagnosed and I hadn't met them through these support sites so um it's interesting. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's this, like the support sites alone, people all over the world. Yeah. And in some of these countries, the treatments like Natalia's getting still haven't been approved. So they have no, they've. These kids are still dying. Yeah. You know, and that, that is sad, you yeah. know, like that there's drugs out there, there's medicine that could, you know, save people's lives or at least give them a longer, you know, a longer life, you know, and potentially a, a improved quality improved of life. Improved quality of life, yes. Yeah, um, because that's you know, 
one of the things that that you've showed me is that I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you have that are, you know, devices. You get the right. chairs and the walking. The what was that called? The, the gate trainer. The gate trainer. Um, that's giving her a better quality of life of having that freedom and mobility. flexibility of mobility. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just it's interesting, you know. You look at thirty thousand residents in our town. So you know, you do the sake of numbers, it'd be three three kids diagnosed in our town. Um, when you think of like how small that that actually is right. in the whole scheme of things. Right. Um, and so when we're talking about you know one in fifty is a carrier, one in eleven thousand. So basically, the way that a child gets SMA is by two parents being carriers and having. Right, and then it's one and I think a 25% chance. So, like, my son Dante does not have SMA. Yeah. Natalia does. So, like, you can have two people that both carry the, you know, the gene, but at that point then it's a one in 25% chance of one of your children having yeah. it. Now, I've met families that all of their children have SMA. Oh, wow. And then there's, like, a family like ours where our son, you know, doesn't and our daughter does. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a test for adults to get like, did you, I mean, I've never heard of a, a test or, I've, again, I've never heard of. I Well, so we got tested after the fact because, you know, once Natalia was diagnosed yeah. and then we entered into, you know, a study, you know, about genetic study or whatever, they tested Dante and then they tested us because we wanted to know also if Dante was a carrier so he would know later in mm-hmm. life and, you know, he's not. But, um, but it did confirm that both of us were. Um, I don't know, like, that they ever specifically test adults. Um, I do know that there is a test that now they're pushing for newborn screening. Mm -hmm. So when Natalia was born, it was not part of the newborn screening. Mm -hmm. Now, if it had been, she probably could have gotten the treatment that she gets now at birth Mm -hmm. and wouldn't have ended up in the hospital probably, wouldn't have all of this stuff. You know, the sooner kids get treatment the better off they are because once your motor neurons die they don't come back Mm -hmm. you know so you know basically anything that she's already lost in that time frame prior to the medication it's gone it's gone you know until they come up with some sort of drug that's gonna you know rebuild motor neurons it's gone you know Mm -hmm. whereas and there are some kids they're actually a a very rare but it's very serious sma where they pretty much die at birth Wow. Like, you know, have lost, like, all abilities pretty much in, u- in utero. But, um, but yeah, no, so I think the way they're doing it now, and I know Massachusetts, because I had spoken to our representative who was very nice, Claire Cronin, mm-hmm. um, was it last, maybe two years ago, um, and she had helped me kind of maneuver, and the state was already doing, like, kind of like a test you know, mm-hmm. like let's let's add it to the screening, and then we'll implement it a year later. And as far as I know, it's it's going to be implemented. I think it's September if it hasn't been already. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the other things Cure SMA has been working on, which is another reason why I raise money for them because they're out there fighting for newly diagnosed families too. Right. You know, like if these kids can get, you know, determined at birth. Now there's another new treatment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if if it, if it is a simple blood test that tells you that your kid has this, mm-hmm. and there's a treatment for it, then it should be done. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, I, I remember when uh, when we were having chance that they were you know they were because of our age yeah, they wanted they to that, give us yeah. all of the genetic testing and the you know all of that stuff, and we were really reluctant 
because it, you know, for us, you know, and t- talking to you and thinking about it and then thinking differently, like when they first suggested, we're like, absolutely not, because yeah. it doesn't matter what the child has. Right, right. We're having the child, but to know right out of the gate, like if there was an advantage to knowing, hey, you know, my child's gonna come, you know, gonna come out and have this, this disease. disease. Yeah. Let's let's get after it day one. Then, you know, I'm I'm shifting my brain as far as how I thought originally because it was one of those I guess maybe it was a defense mechanism of like I don't care what the child what my child has right. I, I want to have my child and doing the test to, to to determine it that much quicker I mean we're talking five weeks and their first treatment was a couple months in or was that how, no, I think they got they got it to her about eight weeks. It took so a while months, to get yeah. like because at five weeks they told me that was their suspicion, but mm-hmm. it took over a week for the blood test to get back from the lab wow. to confirm it. Mm-hmm. And then by that time, I mean this is a very expensive drug. It just came out by the FDA. The insurance companies didn't even know how to approve it, how to get it anywhere. Yeah. It was like a you know, they turn it around. I think very quick because she was so sick. Um, you know, it could have taken longer. I know families that it took months before they, you know, actually got through the red tape. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's odd how quickly, like, again, if I think back now, she lost a lot, like, mm-hmm. over that four or five week period. You yeah. know, like, I remember, and I look, if I look back at pictures, you could see when she was, like, first born, she had her legs up, her arms up. Then you look at maybe a picture of her three weeks old, arms straight, legs straight. Like, mm-hmm. and you look at her and you can almost see, like, wow, she wasn't really moving, was yeah. she? You know? Um, in hindsight, I mean, it's hard, you know? And some days you blame yourself, like, how did I not Ooh. understand this? But then again, I didn't know anything about the disease, which is another reason why I try to raise awareness. Because maybe if I had heard of it yeah. and I had understood the signs... I would have pushed to get her into a neurologist or said to the pediatrician yeah. at her one month checkup, like, are you sure there's not something wrong with this kid? Like, you know. Right. So. And every kid's different. So it's like, you know, it's right. you, you don't, you know, some just, just some mellow. just lay mellow yeah. and hanging out. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, Danny and Chance are two polar opposite yeah. kids. So it's like, I could totally see, you know, where. Well, he had like a nine-pound-born son, you yeah. know, and then a five-pound-boy, you know, that was, girl. That was a couple of weeks early. Yeah, so yeah. I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, girls are probably just different than boys, yeah. you know. Getting, yeah. Who knows, but. Well, so so let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how this this all kind of has come around and, and what was really interesting to me, and I and I told, and I share the story, I was, I popped in my brain because of a thank you card that you had written that to a pizza to the villa my yeah. my my one of my favorite places i was at the villa and i walked by the the takeout and the card was sitting up there a thank you card that talked about your event that you had last year um and the money that was raised and then the next day i logged into facebook and it's like somebody was listening to me and there was a hey we're looking for sponsors for this event november 2nd yeah. right november 2nd um and I reached out to you. It, it, it coincided with a, a conflict I had, and you. I said, "Can you send me some information?" And you know, we were, uh, be awesome. That wanted to, to to do a small sponsorship to support. And then in talking to you, you know, learning more about the the organization and thinking about everything that you've been through. How amazing it is that you you what I would look at as kind of selfless. But when you explained it to me, I was like. 
makes absolute sense. You've raised $120,000 basically in two years with two events at the Knights of Columbus in Easton. Yeah. And you've done that through just a, a one night fundraiser yeah. that, as, as you've shared, is like a OA, which is all of Rames High School, or the high school that we all went to. Like a 10 year Yeah, it's like a 10 year span <laughs> yeah. reunion. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And. You don't, that says a lot for our community, though. You know, it, like one hundred percent. The community has been absolutely amazing to us, um, so supportive. And I also, you know, it's a fun night. You know, so it, it's a it's a fun night out locally to raise money for um, a great charity. I think, and you know, I I really can't say enough about our community. The community has been yeah. extremely helpful to us. So one of the things that's amazing to me with with your story is. This is arguably some of the most expensive medication mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a rare, it's a rare. The newest drug is the most expensive. Medication so the newest, the, the newest drug has now gotten the credit of the most expensive drug <laughs> in the world. Congratulations! <laughs> um, the equipment, the staff, the nurses, the the therapies, the everything. It's got to be even for someone, and and I'm not getting into finances or anything else. But even if you're uh, financially capable, it's got to put a strain on you. It does, yeah. And you never said, well, let's do this self-fundraiser. Let's do this. Let's raise this money for SMA as a whole. Where was the thought kind of coming from with that? That Because I, I was driving over here, as I shared with you, I was driving over here and I'm sitting here saying, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how that thought, how some people think, well, let me do a fundraiser for myself or for my family or for whatever. And then there's people like you and your family that say, you know what, let's do this for everyone and and so much. I think like, I, you know, I worked many years. I worked hard. I thought money was the answer to everything, you know. And everything that happened with Natalia put life into perspective for me. You know, I worked at a company for 12 years. I made a lot of money. And then when she got sick, they let me go. You know, Um, so yeah, money was tight, you know, times were really tough, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but in my mind, like all I could really think about was that it didn't, money didn't matter because if I didn't have my daughter, she wasn't alive and she wasn't well, then there was no money in the world that was going to change that. There would not be a single dollar in the world that could change that. I would rather live in a box somewhere with my my daughter and you know maybe stealing somebody's electricity for <laughs> equipment or something then you know and i mean granted if things ever got down to the point where we were you know in a very serious financial situation i i probably would reach out to the community but right now it's more about i've met these families i've I've seen their children and, you know, you said you saw Natalia and and you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at her, right? Which Mm -hmm. God bless her. And that's amazing. You know, I've met families where their kids are much worse off than Natalia. Um, I've also saved my daughter's life before. I've seen her turn blue. I've seen her cry, but no tears come out and and open her mouth. And, you know, and I've seen things that most people haven't seen. And in my mind, all I want is her to live. Mm-hmm. And and if the the way for me to do that is to raise money for an organization that I believe is truly investing their money into research, um, treatment, um, equipment, like we had talked about, 
you know, helping Natalia and other families that really need it, I, I really just think that that's the way to go. I mean, I have donated money to all sorts of charities, and I usually have no idea where my money goes. But I can tell you, like, with Cure SMA, they do um, webinars, seminars. They're always keeping the community up to date on the drug pipelines. When when new stuff comes out, they immediately bring the community together, and they say, okay, you know, we know where there's going to be some problems with insurance. Here's what we're working on. You know, they're working on... Like when the first drug came out, there was only like maybe like 10 hospitals or something in the country that would dose it. Mm. 10, you know, like so then they were working on opening that up and training and, you know, Mm -hmm. they they give families that can't afford certain um, equipment equipment. So like that wheelchair is her special seat that she sits in to eat, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they had given us when she was first diagnosed, she couldn't sit in her car seat. She had to lay in what they call a car bed. They gave us one of those, you know. Um, they do care packages for newly diagnosed because these kids that have muscle weakness, they can't play with toys the way that regular kids can. I mean, you wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't notice it, but they're not always strong enough to pick up a phone. Mm. You know, like maybe they have to play with, you know, when she was little, she couldn't even close her hands. Wow. You know, so so they do all sorts of things. And um I've seen devastation through some of these families and I I think I just feel the need to help everybody with Natalia. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. I want what's best for my daughter too. And if I can help more people, more families that feel the way that I do, then, then I feel like that's, that's awesome, you know? And I want my daughter one day too, to, to be proud and to, to do the same things, to fight for other people and, you know, um, I can't wait till she's old enough to just tell her to about, you know, all the people that have done, you know, for her, for the community, for her disease. And I don't know, there's just something about it that just makes you feel good. Whereas I've never been one to ask anybody for anything yeah. for myself. I just don't, I don't even know that. I don't, you, like I said, I'd probably, yeah. you'd probably see me living in a box down the street before I'd start a GoFundMe page, you yeah. know? Um, but I, I really do think that once and you And not get that there's it, anything wrong with doing no, that. I no. just, it's just, you there's know. There's not, because yeah. every, to everybody, it's different. In it's, my circumstance, because she is so sick, for me, it's more about, I'd rather a cure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather cure her than pay my bills. Yeah. And I know that sounds crazy, you know, no, but in my mind, and, and you know, maybe someday it comes to the point where it's like, oh, all right, that's not going to happen. And I change my mind or right. whatever. But for now, it's, that's what my mind is set on. Yeah. I have hopes and she will be cured one day. And you know what? I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And that's uh, amazing. And it's, uh, you know, when you think about the way that you say it and how you say it and what you've experienced and what you've seen and the people that you've met, I don't know that anybody would, would do it any other way. Right. Uh, but a lot of people would look at that and go, well, why isn't she, you know, you're but taking I care of. I would think the same you're, thing you're, if I didn't, yeah. you know, like. But you're taking care of your family. You're just taking care of your SMA family, which is a whole lot larger than what's right. in this house and what's in the neighborhood. Right. You're you're reaching out to so much more. Right. I mean, plus, um, don't be, we do have a lot of support from our own family, too. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I would never, obviously, let anything bad happen to, oh, yeah. you know, my son. Or, you know, he'll, you know, always make sure he goes to college. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's nothing like oh, yeah. that, you know. But I don't know. I think 
And I, if I wasn't in this position and I was kind of in somebody else's and I would probably think the same thing too. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't, you know, do a GoFundMe until you're here. Right. It totally doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like I don't make sense. You know yeah. what I mean? But to me, I make sense because I'm here. I've witnessed it. I've lived it, you know? You, you've made more sense and given more example in this than than I expected. And put it into relation that a lot of people today probably don't get or understand because they're not put in that position. Right. Or they go, well, I don't know what I would do or how I would do it. But I mean that... You do the, it. The, you do it. And you, you know, then we're listening to her making noise downstairs, yeah. you know. There's, there, there isn't a dollar. You're absolutely right. You said something that says, you know, there's no money that could that could replace that. There isn't to, mm-hmm. to hear her downstairs. Nope. That That's... Uh, that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, so let's talk about your event. Mm-hmm. Um, people can sponsor it. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're looking for sponsors. The sponsorships range anywhere from two hundred and fifty dollars to twenty five hundred. Obviously, different things come with that. But any sponsor that we get in before September sixth, yep, will be printing their logo in the suburban shopper that should go out to nine thousand Eastern residents. Yep. I believe on September eighteenth. Um, again, all this money is tax deductible. It goes to CurisMA, which is a nonprofit. Um, we're also looking for people to donate items for our silent auction or our raffle. So like the great people at the villa every year have donated us a gift card. Um, you know, so we're very grateful to people like that, as well as we're very grateful to you for your sponsorship. So thank you. Um, the other thing people can do is they can either donate online or they can buy tickets and come to the event. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the event's a great time. Um, you know, we have a DJ, we have a photo booth. Like I said, we have, you know, silent auctions, raffles. And like you said, it's just... You've got graduating class yeah. from like 1989 to yeah, 1999, yeah, somewhere all, around that. That's just an yep. all-in-all great time, you know. Yep. Um, and then we do, you know, we... We, you know, there is a speaking part. Last year, Natalia's neurologist came, which was really nice. She talked to the group for a little while, and I thought, you know, it was very informative. Um, and, you know, this year, it's actually, the event is on my father's birthday. My father passed away this year, and he was one of Natalia's biggest advocates. Um, it's also the same night as the Breeders' Cup, and my father was a huge racehorse fan, and I always have been too. So we're going to make a little fun with that for the night too, do a little something different there. So um, you can actually either bit. So she's got her own Facebook page too, if you just want to get to know Natalia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, she does. So we've been kind of mo- like tracking all of her um, milestones that she's been making. Mm-hmm. So if you go to fi- uh, Facebook and you just look up Natalia's fight, okay, you'll be able to find her page. And then um, on that page, you'll also be able to see the, the website for the event. Um, funny, I don't have the... So Natalia's fight. Fight, yeah. Okay. And then if you... And is all the sponsor information on yeah. there as well? Um, so that'll give you a link to the actual QRSMA website, which um, is where you can buy tickets, you can just donate, and then um, if you already are a sponsor, you'll be able to see like the sponsor's logos on there. Oh, um, hey, there I am. There you are. Cool. 
Thank you. And nice. I've got Creative World, Physical Therapy U, Peak Events. So that Cure SMA site, do they, do they have multiple events? I, I've actually never been yeah. to that. So do they have to search for your event specifically or is there a direct? So I'm actually trying to figure out how to actually read it on my phone. Um, but that's on the face. That's on Natalia's. That's on Natalia's Facebook page. To, yeah, so, it would take you directly to um, her event site. Mm-hmm. So it would just be her event that you would be logging yeah. into. Um, but they do that. They use this yeah. site to do all sorts of events. You know, yeah. um, is that curesma.org? Is that the, the yeah. okay? So so go to Natalia's fight on Facebook. Search mm-hmm. for that. Um, I'll put the links on my Facebook page. I'll put it on all my social media okay, for, for that as well. Um, and then go to the Cure SMA page specifically for the event. And uh, it sounds like you got you got your hands full with another big one here. I did meet your father. Uh, I think I only met him once over the course of growing up, but he was a, a, a fantastic person. So yeah. uh, my condolences for Thank that, you. for, for the loss of him. And it sounds like, uh, the timing of the event, he's, he's here with you. Yes. He's probably still here with you and oh, probably yeah. has his pick ready to go yeah. here. So, um, hope you have a great event. Thank it you. sounds Thank like you. it's Welcome off to, to uh, it. yeah. a, a great, uh, a great turnout as Easton's got you're you're right you said something early on I travel around the country and you know too often we get caught up with um nonsense whether it's Facebook nonsense whether it's the the gossip and and garbage that goes on around um but we forget what a great community we live in and most most communities forget what a great community we live in because I think this is any town USA uh I was asked a, a by someone a couple of days ago, they said, you know, you've got a number of people that you've had, you know, you've had, had Chris Mills, I've had uh, Mr. P, had you, Mark Lamb's going to be coming mm-hmm. out. Um, so we've had, I've had four or five folks from, from the town on the podcast. I go, well, you've had a number of really awesome people on us. Well, I think every town's got some awesome people. You just have to have your eyes open and pay attention and right. look around. And, um, you know, they, sometimes they get weeded out with the, with the bad ones, but we do have, a phenomenal community that sticks yeah. together, that that bands together, especially in times like this. And it's great, even though I was from a distance. I've been at, from a distance in all of this to hear and see, yeah. you know, how phenomenal. Because I just threw the number out that I thought I saw on the card, and then yeah. you said, "No, we've raised one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in two years," and you just go, "Mind blown! That's amazing!" So, you know, congratulations Thank on you. that, and uh, I hope you have a, a, a great event. You know, I'm going to do uh, a couple of things just listening to you and wanting to to help this, and uh, it goes along. I'm going to close out here. As, as always, uh, you can find me, Josh at BeAwesome.com is my email address. BeAwesome.com website's hopefully going to be done soon. As you know, I'm a technological idiot for my listeners, so I've been I've, I've actually started building a new website six months ago. I'm determined to build it on my own. Um, I put a all points bullet and out for somebody to help me with it, and uh, being bootstrapped and wanting to try to do th- things a little bit differently, um, I'm determined to do it by myself. But BeAwesome.com, it's B-E-A-U-S-M.com, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and the thing that I want to do first thing I want to do is I got two people that said that uh, I did I, I, ratings and reviews are huge on 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 iTunes on the podcast on the, um, Apple's podcast yeah that's what gets you your placement like Joe Rogan's got like 500,000 ratings and reviews he's number one in the podcast world uh, and he does a phenomenal job uh, I still think that the uh, Elon Musk one is the one for the ages um, along with uh, some other ones but uh, I've had two people I, I've been giving away 
gifts, shirts, coffee right. mugs. I find that there's a value to someone giving their time to even put a couple of words and click five stars, hopefully. Five stars is best. That's awesome. One star, not so awesome. So pre- prefer to have the five star. But I have two people that uh, did reviews recently that said, I've got your shirt. I've got your coffee mug. I've got, I'm, I'm awesomed out. Um, but I'm still going to do a review. And I think that uh, to give back, uh, I've got 40 ratings and reviews right now. It's over the course of, of a year and just asking for it. Um, up to 140, I'm going to give $5 for every rating and review that happens on there. So it's another 500 bucks that we'll give to you on, oh, on November amazing. 2nd. Thank you so much. And, um, and I'm going to give you 100 shirts. We'll do 100 for 100. So 100% of whatever. They sell for $24.99. So it'll just give you 100 shirts. You can sell them at your events on whatever. Um, and that should give so you much. that should give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of help to get this thing going, and hopefully find some more folks to to uh, to help because I'm just I'm I'm just uh, so amazed at what you have accomplished and done in meeting Natalia and seeing her because I saw a couple of pictures of her on Facebook. It doesn't do any justice no, when you walk me. in when you walk in and her face just lights up and yeah. she smiles at you and then she plays cute and does all this stuff and yeah. and uh, I mean. Amazing! You're doing a phenomenal Thank job. You. Thank you. Keep so it much. up, and, uh, Thank and you for everything. keep Thank doing. You. Yeah, no, my, that's this is this is amazing. Um, and you know, you, there's some real lessons uh, that we can all learn from this talk. You did a phenomenal job as the first female podcast Woo-hoo! guest for Be Awesome. <laughs> uh, really appreciate your time. We're going to put Thank this you. thing out and uh, look forward to maybe having a follow-up after yeah. your event, hear how it's going, and uh, hear how the medicine and everything's working yeah. with, with Natalia and keep that forward progress going. Absolutely. So uh, really appreciate it. And I guess we'll sign off for episode podcast number 34. Mark Lamb, you are too delayed in the release. It's going to be a good one. Neighborhood, maybe we'll get him out next week. And it could be a back-to-back neighborhood battle of who's best. So be sure to do a rating and review up to 141 by November 2nd. So do 100 of them. That's uh, going to be $500 going to QRSMA to help support the cause. If you don't know how to do that, it's on my website. Uh, should be on my website under podcast. But all you have to do is go to the podcast, uh, the Be Awesome podcast. Go to episodes. Scroll down to the bottom. It's going to be stars. Click on five. Hopefully, if you don't, then maybe you're not listening to the right podcast. And then put leave a review and uh, just type a few words. What you think? It those reviews is what gives people the visibility before they take their time to listen as to whether or not it's worth doing. So hope you do a rating and review. And remember. To do awesome, you got to be awesome. Have a great day.